Welcome. You are listening to the Fat and Furious podcast. In this podcast series, your host, Steve Bennett, father of seven, best-selling author and adventurer, will be joined by 23 of the world's most forward-thinking medical professionals, doctors, authors, and top nutritionists, where he'll share the truth behind living healthier and happier for longer. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to Dr. Malcolm Kendrick. You've probably heard a podcast with Malcolm already, but it was so well received that we thought we had to get him back a second time. This one, however, gets into quite a lot of technical detail about what actually causes heart disease and how to avoid it. So for this one and this one only, I'm going to actually ask you, rather than listen to the podcast, to go onto YouTube, find Primal Living's channel, and type in Fat and Furious Podcasts with Malcolm Kendrick, and there'll be lots of graphical stuff that you really need to understand and to see in the flesh to find out what drives heart disease. Malcolm, great to see you again. Steve, we had some great, to be here. We had some great feedback from the, the first podcast. Um, but today we want to talk about something different. Uh, yeah. Last time we talked a lot about doctoring data and why we can't believe those headlines in newspapers. I want to talk a lot about your two main books, A Statin Nation and The yeah. Great Cholesterol Con, but I really want to talk about heart disease and heart attacks and CVD. And uh, you know, you're recognised uh, and referred to as one of Britain's leading heart specialists. Uh, and you're also renowned for questioning that Diet, heart, saturate fat, cholesterol, hypothesis. God's crikey, that was a, a mouthful. Um, so let's, let's, well, let's start there with the, the diet, heart, cholesterol, saturate fat hypothesis. Yes. Well, you know, you're asking, so I suppose a lot of people have asked me, why don't you believe in this or what caused you to start thinking in different ways? Mm-hmm. In part, your question answers your question. Because it's that so complicated. Because <laughs> you're not quite sure what to call it. And I think That's true. It, a decent hypothesis should be very straightforward, mm-hmm. should be very clear. And if you start having to change what it is, because the, the diet, heart, cholesterol, saturated, whatever hypothesis it is, started very simple. You eat too much cholesterol, yep. it raises your cholesterol level in your blood, the cholesterol is deposited in your artery, the arteries thicken, narrow, mm-hmm. and eventually you have a blood clot and over that narrow part and that causes a heart attack or a, or a stroke. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, you immediately have a problem as well, okay, dietary cholesterol, is a thing that you find in say, uh, eggs and animal fat animals. All animal tissues have got cholesterol in it. And then what's the cholesterol in your blood? Well, you don't have any cholesterol in your blood, so you immediately have to think, well, it's not cholesterol because cholesterol is, is a molecule, mm-hmm. uh, and it's carried around in a little sphere called a lipoprotein, and there's lots of lipoproteins, so which one are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And at first, when I, Ansel Keys, who we know was the man who started this, he didn't even know there were different types of lipoproteins. Right, okay. He just called it all cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Because all lipoproteins carry an amount of cholesterol. Some carry more, some carry less. There's a small one called a high-density lipoprotein, and there's a low-density lipoprotein. That's a good one. Low-density lipoprotein is a bad one. Yeah. Very low-density lipoprotein, we're not quite sure, probably bad, probably good. Then there's a chylomicron. <laughs> so you immediately think, well, well, which one? And then they decided it was this one. Right. Um, and, and increasingly now they're saying, well, there's very low density lipoproteins that seem to be bad as well. And and then people are measuring the, the, the proteins attached to these apolipoproteins, 
called apolipoprotein B100, and they're talking about particle numbers rather than LDLC. Mm-hmm. Even today, you probably can't find a cardiologist or anyone in this area who will actually be able to sit down and say, this is what I'm talking about. Right. Because it's become incredibly complicated. Mm-hmm. But stepping back from that, when I really started looking at it, became interested in, we're going back to the early 19th century now. <laughs> when, when myself, You're not uh, quite that old. Well, when myself... Uh, my, my, notes, my, <laughs> my notes say you've been a leading heart uh, specialist for, for around for 30, 30 years. 30 years. Not 100 Well, well years. probably not leading, but never mind. Um, uh, me and me and Ro- Rudolf Verkow in, uh, in Vienna decided, discussed this, obviously. Now, uh, we, we were looking at it and think, uh, I started looking at it and thinking, now here's a comment, and it won't mean anything to you now, but hopefully at the end of this it will. Okay. A, a researcher at Aberdeen University where I did medicine, uh, a female cardiologist, which mm-hmm. at that time was uh, like a unicorn, talked <laughs> over and never seen, was giving us the talks, mm-hmm. tutorials on, on heart disease, and she said something, which was, LDL cannot penetrate the endothelium. And I thought, nothing of it, because I was too busy thinking, well, I'm going down the pub later on. And, and, and for those... Um Lots of doctors know what an endothelium is. Can you just explain quickly what that is? Well, I'm going to do a diagram later, but an okay. endothelium, uh, and again, we have the terminology problem. Yep. The endothelium is the lining of the artery, mm-hmm. normally thought of as a single cell lining yep. with connective tissue un- underneath. It's sometimes called the endothelium, yep. sometimes called the epithelium, sometimes called the intima, oh. sometimes called the intimal layer, the endothelial layer, the epithelial layer, or just endothelium. Why do you order this in the medical industry? Why do you well, always give us so many complicated long words when there's really just one? Um, it's because <laughs> it makes us sound cleverer. Um, but actually, I read papers and think, what are they talking about? Oh, that's that, is it? All right. Uh, you know, when it came down yeah. to actually trying to find out about cholesterol and lipoproteins, I spent ages thinking, what? Well, they're saying triglycerides. Yeah. And I'm reading VLDL. Why yeah. a triglyceride is actually the way that fats are joined together, mm-hmm. three fatty acids and a, and a glycerol. Mm-hmm. That's a triglyceride. Mm-hmm. And you don't have them floating around in the blood. So what's this triglyceride? I eventually realized a triglyceride is a very low-density lipoprotein, which is enormously confusing mm-hmm. because triglycerides therefore carry triglycerides and cholesterol oh my God, just give up time. So I can understand why other people find this complicated. I find it complicated. We were on endothelium anyway. The endothelium is the single lining uh, of of all blood vessels, including veins, arteries, smaller arteries, arterioles, capillaries, and every type of blood vessel that you've got. And the thought, what she was saying was the LDL, which is bad cholesterol, which is the thing that's supposed to go into your artery wall, she's saying it can't, Pass the endothelium. Okay. It's not, it's not possible to pass the endothelium. Right. So which you think, well, if it can't get past the endothelium, it can't get into the artery wall. Okay, agree. Therefore, it can't be the cause of heart disease. Now, that's a very simple idea, and mm-hmm. I have, you probably no idea of that. I must have read 20,000 papers trying to understand the function of endothelium, how LDL could react, or could it get through, or could it not get through? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw an extra confusing thing, which I don't think I've ever discussed with you before, is that blood, larger blood vessels are all supplied by their own blood vessels. They are called the blood vessels of the blood vessels. And they are called vasa visorum, which stands for blood vessels, the blood vessel. And they actually... So blood pro- vessels have their own blood, blood vessels. vessels almost the, like 
contributes down to a river, those little yeah, streams yeah. coming down. And they, well, they get to the artery and then they surround it and then they provide the blood to it. Okay. And, and actually, anything can get out of these little blood vessels, including any LDL that happens to be floating around in the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So you immediately leave yourself with another thing was, well, why wouldn't LDL enter? If LDL enters the artery wall mm -hmm. through the vasa visorum, mm -hmm. then why doesn't that LDL cause thickenings in arteries and atherosclerosis, the yeah. underlying problem? Why would it only be LDL entering from the arteries? It's the same substance. Mm -hmm. So it can enter from behind. So it's like saying, well, the back door is open. Mm -hmm. Anything can get in. But actually, um, it's coming. if it comes through the front door, it causes a problem. Well, it's the same stuff. Right, okay. So you immediately start thinking, well, actually, you know what? This, this, and also, you, you then ask the next question, well, well veins, the LDL flowing through the veins is exactly the same level as the LDL concentration flowing through the arteries. Mm -hmm. So why doesn't it leak into veins? Why doesn't mm -hmm. it cause thickenings in veins? It never does. There are no atherosclerotic plaques or atherosclerosis in veins. Okay. There's also no atherosclerosis or atherosclerotic plaques in your lungs, in the blood vessels in your lungs, right. artery or vein. Right. The level of LDL is the same. So there's clearly there is something else going on other than just it appears very simple to me. LDL cannot be the cause of it of it leaking through an artery wall or past the endothelium. And yet then people say, well, it must do because it's there. Right. Well, yeah, actually, no, I'll explain that now. It may not be that it's there at all. We may have been, if you like, have you ever seen the film 12 Angry Men where mm -hmm. everyone says, here's my evidence against this person and there's a, a knife that no one's ever used and, yeah. and I heard him shout, I'm killing you. And they've gathered all the evidence together and at the end of it, the jury realised that all this evidence was actually nonsense. Because yeah. so, when so, you start so, pulling it apart, it's yeah. nonsense. So I think... It, it, it's kind of like, and we've said this when we've chatted before, it's kind of like for many, many years we were told diesel cars were, were good for us and now we're told it's completely opposite get rid of your diesel, go back to petrol or better store electric if you can. And we just got it wrong. So yes. we're saying in your book, The Great Cholesterol Con, have we been barking up the wrong tree with what yes. causes heart attacks? Because people have heart attacks and it, it's still, <coughs> although it's on the de demise in the UK, mainly because we've stopped smoking uh, as a nation, or most people have stopped smoking, therefore heart attacks have come down a little bit. It's still the biggest killer in the UK. So if, it's, if, if we're barking up the wrong tree and it's not really cholesterol, what I'd like to get out in this hour, uh, and whether it takes us five minutes to get there or the whole hour, if it's not cholesterol, what is it that's causing um, people heart attacks? Yes. Uh, so back over to you, really. Well, Sorry. yeah. Well, I think uh, an entire pack, a huge pack of wolves have been howling at the wrong forest <laughs> and they've all, they've all got together and, uh, and, and decided they're all right and it is, this, this is where they should be barking. And it's probably uh, two things, isn't it? It's people don't like to change their hypothesis. And secondly, there's so much money involved in saying it is cholesterol that causes oh, heart attacks because yeah. if it wasn't cholesterol that was causing it, then that whole multi-billion, and you said collectively, probably over a trillion dollar industry, which is numbers are just so insanely big. Now that statin industry, many billions of revenue coming in yes, every year yes. would just disappear overnight probably if we're all barking up the wrong street. Yeah, well, to be perfectly honest, the statins have kind of run out of patent. They're not making vast profits, but the new, the new cholesterol agents coming in could be even more costly. Wow. Um, I calculated on that they're cost, going to cost £12,000 a year as wow. an injection. Oh. Um, if everybody taking a statin were to convert to this, my 
back of a fag packet. No, we can't talk about fag packets. My back, my <laughs> small, napkin. My napkin <laughs> calculation was eighty-six billion dollars a year wow. in the UK alone. Oh. Right, so that's Which never, unfeasible. Well, yeah. that's, yeah. that's never going to happen. We wouldn't yeah. have an NHS. We wouldn't have a yeah. country. We'd just all be injecting yeah. cholesterol-lowering agents in ourselves <laughs> and wondering why the entire infrastructure of the country just disappeared. So the, the, the hypothesis itself is, yeah. is, is still being promoted hugely strongly because the public have yeah. been educated that cholesterol is a deadly enemy and must be yeah. lowered. So it, it continues. So let me just stop like. there for one second. So Malcolm has written two books, one called The Great Cholesterol, well, he's written three books, but the two relating, relating to this subject, <clears> The Great <throat> Cholesterol Con and A Statin Nation. Basically, we could go on for hours about it's not really uh, LDL and cholesterol that's causing heart attacks. Uh, and we could talk all the reasons why we're all barking up the wrong tree. Uh, we could talk about money, we can talk about... Uh, fake research, we can talk about misleading research, we can talk about the statin companies, but let's not go there because we can be there all day long. Let's get under the bonnet, Malcolm, of if it's yeah. not cholesterol that's causing heart attacks, what on earth is it? And then afterwards, yeah. what on earth can we do well, yes, to prevent it? I think that's the most important is what can we do to prevent it? The, the theory here um, is, is not mine, mm -hmm. although parts of it are kind of a synthesis of other things. It was first thought of 170 years ago. Wow. In Austria, Vienna, as they say in the best movies, <laughs> uh, in 1842. Uh, maybe that's more than 170 years ago. Anyway. A long time ago. A long time ago, <laughs> a man called uh, Rocky Tansky looked at um, what they call the plaques, which are the thickenings in the arteries, and he said, these look like blood clots to me in various different stages. Mm -hmm. Some of them new, some of them been there for ages. And he called this, he actually called it the encrustation theory that blood encrusts the artery and then it becomes incorporated in some way. Uh, another very famous researcher called Verkau, Rudolf Verkau, said, well, how can a blood clot form inside an artery? Well, that is impossible because it is inside the artery wall or at least underneath the endothelium. So whatever you're talking about had to get past the endothelium. Mm -hmm. um, Rokitansky couldn't really answer this question very well other than saying, well, they look like blood clots to me. So uh, that's what they must be. Um, so that theory kind of died a death anyway. For the next 50, 60 years, no one was really interested in heart disease much because apparently it was quite rare. And then other people started to take up the ideas. And, and over the years, many people have come back to this and said, you know what, I think there's something here, really is something here. There's some critical factors they did not know, mm -hmm. which destroyed the idea. But we now know the things they didn't know. Yeah. Uh, had had Rokitansky known that there was a thing called an endothelial progenitor cell, he would have won the argument, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because he would have said, well, endothelial progenitor cells cover it up, form a new layer of endothelium, blood clot ends up inside the artery wall. He couldn't say that because he didn't know they existed until yep. so it wasn't until 1996 yep. that they were identified as existing. Although up to that point, what anybody thought happened if you damaged the artery wall is a moot point. There was no answer to that. Because okay. you know, if you damage your skin, you scratch your skin, yep. What happens is you get bleeding. Yeah. Then you get a blood clot. Yeah. And and then the skin will grow up from underneath, and the blood clot will fall off. We call it a scab. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly, um, that that happens because the skin has got different layers underneath it. So there's there are like four, ten, eleven layers of skin gradually growing up. Mm -hmm. So they can push it off. It breaks off. It's gone. Yeah. But clearly, in an artery, if a blood clot was to form inside an artery, then if it just broke off, then it would just travel down the artery until it cause a heart attack or a stroke. Yeah, so, so it cannot be allowed to do that. And just, just explain yeah. that a little bit further. 
you know, if, if it was to break off in a, in a big part of the artery, it will travel down and travel down and travel down until it finds a, a narrowing of the artery, yeah. cause the blood clot, and then we either have a stroke or Or, a or some other or, bit of your yeah. body gets yeah. damaged. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens in a stroke, is mm -hmm. that a blood clot forms in an artery in your neck, mm -hmm. which is what happens in a heart attack, but it's a slightly different process. The blood clot forms in an artery in your neck. Yeah. It does break off, it travels yeah. up into your brain, mm -hmm. the artery gets, arteries get narrower and narrower until eventually, Block, yeah, blocks the blood supply. Stroke, yeah. In the heart, the blood clot that forms over the artery doesn't move, yeah. So you, it blocks the artery downstream from there. Mm -hmm. So, so you have a problem. Is assuming that blood clots can form inside arteries, which we know that they can. Yeah. What does the body do with them? Mm -hmm. Well, it can't allow it to break off and travel down because it will cause untold damage. Yeah. So, so what happens is, is, is assume you, you damage the artery wall. Blood clot starts, yep. sticks to the artery wall. Mm -hmm. Now, a large part of it will be shaved away because the body's got fantastically complicated ways of getting rid of things. There's a yep. thing, there's, a, there's an enzyme called plasmin. Well, plasminogen is incorporated into all blood clots as they form. Mm -hmm. It's it's then triggered or changed to plasmin by yep. tissue plasminogen activator, which you may have heard called a clot buster. People are given clot busters after yes. heart attacks yes. and strokes. That's to break the clot up. Okay. So you're given shot of this yeah but the body's got it produced anyway mm -hmm. so gradually the clot gets dissolved slowly slowly so that each little bit doesn't block further down yeah it reaches a certain size now at that point you've still got a bit of a shaved off blood clot now yeah so then what happens to it well if it just broke off then you just expose the area and have another blood clot form yep. so you say well what was the point of that yeah <laughs> you just get blood clot blood clot blood yep. clot because if it moves you've now got a hole yeah. in the artery you've got, wall well, you've therefore... got a breach in the artery wall yep. so essentially the only thing that can happen yeah is that is that what they call an endothelial progenitor cell, which are made in the bone marrow? Yeah, they're floating around in the bloodstream, spots the area of damage, sticks to it, stick, yeah. stick, stick. They then grow to form a completely new layer of endothelium. Yeah, endothelial cells, epithelium, and <laughs> and the blood clot is now inside the artery. Right, because that's the only thing you can do with it. There is yeah. nothing else you can do with it. Mm -hmm. And this process has been widely, I'm not, this is not just me making it up and saying there's things called endothelial progenitor cells and this is what they do. <laughs> but, by the way, no one's ever seen them and they're magical little pixie fairies. They are, they exist, all right? Yep. You know, if you have a stent put in where they, where they actually put a stent in yep. uh, or they have to open up the artery, mm -hmm. then the endothelial progenitor cell level in the blood just drops because they're attracted to this area and they cover it over and then it has to be boosted up again. Okay. So we know that this is what they do. So essentially, the so this is constantly happening. This is constantly happening all the time in your most body. People, oh, people. I think everyone, it's happening all the time. Okay, in everyone, I hate okay. to say it. Yeah. Um, if you smoke a cigarette, yeah, you can see they can measure a thing called uh, endothelial particles, which is basically the bit that's left after an endothelial cell dies and breaks down. Mm -hmm. Smoke a cigarette, and your blood level of endothelial particles rises. Mm -hmm. This is endothelial cells being killed. Yeah. Right? Um, and then they're repaired and then it all goes quiet and then it happens again. So yep. smoking is very, can seriously damage the endothelial lining. Yep. Air pollution, diesels, and you were talking about diesels. Yep. Air pollution, why does air pollution cause heart disease? It's breathed in, this microparticles damage the endothelium. Mm -hmm. Endothelium breaks down, small clot forms, yep. drawn into the artery wall, and it's got rid of, because yep. our repair systems are working all the time. Yes, okay. So most people, if you like, and I, I say to people, what's happening is, if your repair system is, is, is operating or can operate faster than the damage, nothing happens. 
The moment the damage happens faster than the repair, the plaque is stuck yep. and then starts to grow at the same point because the same thing's happening, more likely to happen at the same point. And so what we're seeing is essentially this is an, an extrapolation of Rokitansky's idea. Why are we seeing blood, blood clots in here? Yep. Because it is blood clots. Mm -hmm. That's what you're seeing. Yep. So uh, if you like, I'm going to try and show you a little diagram of some of this. Yep. Just to maybe explain it a bit clearer, I did um, one I prepared a bit earlier. So for right. those that are listening on the podcast, Malcolm's <coughs> going to uh, show us a diagram that he's just drawn, and uh, I'll try and translate that for those okay. who can't see it. And then uh, don't forget, you can always, always see our podcasts also on YouTube and on our website at primalliving.com. So we're describing it as simply as possible. The, this whole thing is an artery in three, glorious three-dimensional technicolor. Um, mm -hmm. The artery wall, it's got... I'm keeping it as simple as possible. It's got muscle, muscly bit in the middle, which is called the media, M for media. The outside part of it is called the adventitia, and the inside is called the endothelial or endothelial layer. So for those that are listening on the podcast, we're looking at, if you think of a, a tire of a car, the, imagine the actual tire around the outside is the endothelium. Yeah. No, well, there'd be, that would so be the endothelium. The, the tire, that would be the tire, that would be the rim maybe, I don't yeah. know. Um, and, and essentially, the bit that is, is of most interest, I've also drawn a, a thick, a thickening sort of nasty bit in it, which is called the plaque. Now, the plaque is in the middle layer of the artery wall. Yep. It's not in the end, it's underneath the endothelium. Yeah, so the plaque's inside the tyre of a car, basically. It's, in that bit it's inside the tyre, inside yep. the... And, and what it tends to do is actually, it tends to balloon the, the artery out behind it, mm -hmm. rather than push in. So you've already seen diagrams of people saying it, the artery becomes a kind of... Uh, asymmetric shape, mm -hmm. it doesn't. This tends to remain circular oh, okay. at all times, although right. it begins to shrink down. So the inside of the wheel rim stays, stays per almost, pretty, perf almost perfectly almost circular. Round. Uh, the, the, the however, almost until this reaches a really huge point, in which yep. case it starts to push in. Gotcha. So that makes sense to yep. you. Makes complete um, sense. So the endothelium is like tiles on your wall, essentially. Yep. It's just, and these are bigger than actually endothelial cells. Yep. And a, I've tried to show this. Each endothelial cell is a tile, tiling the, the lining of your artery. And another thing I'd like to point out, which is on the inside of each tile, is a little, I've done it as a little wiggly thing in green. Mm -hmm. And actually, that, the term for this is called glycocalyx. Ask your GP, they've never heard of it. Right. All right. Uh, it wasn't discovered until fairly recently. If you try and pick up a fish, mm -hmm. it slips. Slips, yep. From your fingers, not yeah, all, all fish. The some, of, some of them are. Or, or sharks don't do that. But, uh, they slip because they're covered in glycocalyx. Okay, so it's that same material we got on the outside. Same of material. It's a protein, glucose or sugar, um, like a little frond. It's a forest. If you see it, it actually looks like a forest, okay. minute forest, or a, or a very long lawn stuck to the side, stuck to all your cells. And the importance of this is, A, it's very slippery. Mm -hmm. So everything slips through yep. in its simplistic way. Yep. Uh, and it so that stops, helps the blood flow. It basically. helps the blood flow. It yep. stops nasty things. It stops damage to the endothelial cells because obviously yep. things don't bang into directly into the membrane of the endothelial cell. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it also contains all sorts of anticoagulation factors. Yep. So this stuff stops your anti endothelium. Give me that word again. Sorry, anticoagulation. That's is, the bit of blood clotting. Yeah, Anti-against clotting, coagulation clotting, yep. anticoagulant. Okay. You'll see again a million terms for coagulation and anticoagulation, prothrombotic, you know, uh, <laughs> thrombo, thrombo. anyway, many terms are used. 
So this stuff that lines all your arteries, that lines your endothelium, is hugely important. It also contains the thing that makes um, the single most protective substance in your body, it's called nitric oxide. So sitting inside a glycocalyx, and it's not this size, it's about a trillionth of that size, is, is the place that nitric oxide is made. Not entirely. And this substance, going back, I think we talked earlier, nitric oxide is, is hugely important. It's the most important single substance mm -hmm. with heart disease. Um, some people say it was first discovered by the workers in Alfred Nobel's factory. Nobel of the Nobel Prize. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah. Made, he made his money by making dynamite. I know. Many people don't know that. Isn't that fascinating? The guy that, that founded the Nobel Prize. Is it true that he did that because he not so much wanted to cover up the fact he was a dynamite manufacturer, but yes. take, a, take the eyes off the fact he was making dynamite? Well, he apparently had a dream and he didn't want to be remembered as a, a warmongering yeah. swine, so he decided to set up the Nobel Prize. But if, you make no, if you're going um, to make dynamite, you have to add nitroglycerine to well, it's a sort of clay substance to hold mm -hmm. it stable. And so you have to stir the stuff to make the nitroglycerine. And uh, the workers used to sit on a single-legged stool, stirring very carefully, <laughs> yeah. and they didn't fall asleep, which is why the stool had one leg. And if they, if they stirred too fast, boom. If they stopped yeah. stirring, boom. Yeah. So they had them surrounded by in, 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 on the beaches, surrounded by sand dunes. So mm -hmm. if they went, boom, it only killed one person. Anyway, what was discovered was people working there, uh, the workers... When they were there, if they had angina, which is caused by narrowing of the arteries and yep. reduced blood supply, it's like cramp in your heart. Mm -hmm. If they were working there, their, their angina went away. Wow. Yeah. So the angina went away because of the presence of nitric oxide. Well, the, the glycerol, nitroglycerine was converted to nitric oxide yep. in the glycocalyx. Yeah. Open the arteries up. Yeah. It's also anticoagulant. It's really the super healthy substance of the world. Yep. Um, and, and from that, they produced a thing called uh, GTN, glycerol trinitrate, that you stick under your tongue if you have a, mm -hmm. and you can use it as a spray, and there's many different forms of it. Yep. And uh, Alfred Nobel had angina, but refused to take it. And then, interestingly, the discovery of nitric oxide by a guy called Ignario in the mid-1990s uh, won him a Nobel Prize. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we closed the loop on yeah, everything. Also. So uh, let, me, let me put this in for two reasons. One, into a little bit of plain <laughs> English uh, for those that are listening on the podcast, but also for those that are watching on, on the webcam. Let's, let's just go back one step. So we have the arteries, which are the big blood vessels within the body. We have yeah. veins as well, but we, we're just going to talk about the arteries, the bigger blood vessels. They, the, the wall is called the endo... Well, the, the whole wall is just called the artery wall. The artery wall. Which consists of an, what they call an adventitia, which really is very... It holds it together, Okay, if you like. And then in the middle of that, you've yep. got the media, yep. which has got what they call smooth muscle, which can contract and relax, okay. to contract and relax the artery, yep. and connective tissue. Yep. And, the, and then and on the, the, the lining. The inside, this yeah. is the bit that seems to be the most critical, it's the inside lining of the artery, your endolithium. Endothelium. 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 endothelium which yeah. then on the inside of that again has this uh, substance which is a bit like the fish, the outside of a fish, that yeah. slippery bit, yeah. called the glycolaxic. Calyx. 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 The yeah. glycocalyx. And that is the bit that holds the nitric oxide. Yeah. and creates the nitric oxide, and that's important because that relaxes 
The blood vessels. The blood vessels. And also nitric oxide is the single most powerful anticoagulant agent known to nature. Stops blood clotting. So what you're going to say in a bit, hopefully, if I've, if I've got this right, is we have to eat foods or do whatever in our lifestyle to increase the amount yes. of nitric oxide you, in the body. If you can, anything that boosts nitric oxide yep. is good for cardiovascular health. And there are many things that can do that. Interestingly, uh, Viagra does that. Viagra was actually a heart drug in right. its initial development. It was wow. going to be used for angina, but it yep. didn't work too well. But in the what they call the preclinical trials, where they're just yeah, where they're, they're not the major clinical trials, sorry. Yeah. But they're first trying it out with humans to see yeah. what happens. So you get volunteers who, mm-hmm. who who are obviously very brave or need the money. <laughs> but uh, it turns yeah. to be people like prisoners and, and army people. But anyway, uh, during the trial, the people taking the Viagra weren't handing their tablets back. So at the end of the trial, they were just keeping it because <laughs> they they'd, it, yeah, they'd yeah. found a different they found, benefit. And, they'd found, and, and they didn't know this, and they thought, oh my goodness, that was how it was discovered. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, uh, Viagra is now used for altitude sickness because it, yeah. it actually has an effect on your lungs. It reduces the blood pressure in your lungs and stops leakage of fluid out of your lungs so wow. you don't get pulmonary, what they call pulmonary edema. Yep. So it's used, it's used for that. Wow. And in, in fact, uh, in fact uh, studies have shown that um, if you take Viagra, having had a heart attack, it greatly reduces your risk of having another heart attack. So okay. though people with heart disease are warned not to take Viagra, it's like, should be the exact opposite. So let me get this right. Yeah. We, 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 every article we read in the newspapers, every time we go to the doctors, we talk about heart disease, it keeps coming up, cholesterol, cholesterol, cholesterol. But what we're saying here is, there's loads of proof that say it's nothing to do with cholesterol. The most important thing is, are you self-generating enough nitric oxide or yes. are you getting it through your food yes. or your lifestyle? Yes. This seems to be really important. It's absolutely 100% critical. Well, I mean, is it true to say anything that increases your nitric oxide is good for your cardiovascular health? And one of the best things is sunshine. Okay. Sunshine boosts, creates nitric oxide in your skin, it's stored, I'm not sure how. Yeah. When people first came across nitric oxide, they didn't think it could exist in the human body because it's what they call the freest, the radicalist free radical. One nitrogen, one oxygen, one free electron reacts, should react with everything in about... 0.000 millionth of a second. Wow. It does so that, react, it does that, that gift from 90 million miles away keeps yes. giving, doesn't it? The sun keeps There's giving. proof it. now mm. that, that getting more sunshine lowers your risk of cancer. Yeah. What you're saying here, and getting good sunshine yes. lowers your risk of heart disease as well. Well, it was Zoe Harkin who did a review of the Ansel Keys seven country study and she found the one factor that was most important was latitude. So as an area to the equator, you were the less you've got heart disease. Incredible. So... Anyway, that's that's a before that's probably true mm-hmm. as a finding. Exercise will increase your nitric oxide. Certain things will decrease it, um, and quite nastily. One of them is actually lead poisoning, or increased lead. And as you know, we used to stick lead into all cars to mm-hmm. stop their engines backfiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the 1960s, 200,000 tons of lead a year were expelled into the atmosphere in the United States alone. Wow. And you can now see that if you have higher lead levels, it damages the glycocalyx and endothelium quite badly. Yeah. And, and, and now that we've stopped putting lead in, that, in my opinion, and, and in fact, I was reading an article about a month ago saying that the lead um, poisoning, it's not mm-hmm. lead poisoning, was responsible for more deaths or at least as many deaths as cigarette smoking well, from cardiovascular disease. And, and maybe so. it's kind of logic in the sense that you know, we're not using lead in petrol anymore. Smoking, smoking is definitely on the decrease. Yes. And heart attacks, while it's still the number one killer, it's, it's definitely, on the, oh, it, well, definitely yes, on the decrease. Well, well yeah. you, I, you know, I said to myself, well, why is it falling like this? What's yeah. causing it? Yeah. 
and you had to look beyond. I mean, cholesterol, all these other things could have been had minor effects. What's mm -hmm. the major effect? Smoking, yes. Yeah. But nitric oxide synthesis here and looking at the things can damage it. A lot of pollutants, like air pollution. Air pollution has gone down. People say, oh my God, air pollution, air pollution. You look at what it used to be like. Mm -hmm. And in the in, in ex-Soviet countries, the pollution is still horrendous. Yeah. And well, if I, I spend a lot of time in China, Russia. Oh, and, yeah. see, well, yeah. the, the heart disease rate in China is going yeah. accelerating. And in India, yeah. the pollution issues, I think, are very important. We've mm -hmm. been unexamined as being yeah. a major cause, but I do think they are a major cause. So smoking, pollution, lead, all these things are yeah. a cause. Nitric oxide is the magic ingredient yes. that we want more of. We, we The body can synthesize it anyway yeah. on the inside lining of the Well, artery. actually, yes, because what's in here is not actually nitric oxide. It's, it's the enzyme called nitric oxide synthase that produces okay. nitric oxide. So it's, it, but it effectively is. Yep. So, and, and, and that requires, the, the cofactor for making nitric oxide is you get nitric oxide synthase, which is the enzyme, yep. reacts with L-arginine, yep. which is a naturally occurring amino acid. Yep. And, and that, um, together, they produce nitric oxide. Okay. So if you boost L-arginine yep. synthesis yep. or in the body, mm -hmm. it's difficult to know what the correct level should be. How much do you need of it? Do yep. people get low in it? Yeah. There's, there's conflicting results. But also L-citronine is, is the co another cofactor that actually protects the L-arginine okay. breakdown. So L-arginine, L-citrulline, increase nitric oxide synthesis. What's the link? Because L-arginine is put in a lot of uh, uh, supplements that people that go to the gym. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that related? Is there a reason I for that then? I'm not sure why they do it for going to the gym. I know yeah. from, from a heart for, disease, but I don't think anyone does it from this perspective. <laughs> no, as far a lot of muscle products have yeah. L-arginine. Well, arginine well. is found in most meats, if yeah. you like. Okay. It's naturally occurring. Most people probably have more day-to-day -day than they need, gotcha. I think. I want to keep on nitric oxide for a second, yeah. uh, symbol NO for those that are into their chemistry. Uh, this seems NO to be, minus. NO minus, is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so NO minus. I want to keep on this for a second. The reason I want to keep on it for a second because it seems so damn important. So we can produce it in the body. We want we, what sort of food types? So you've already mentioned get out in the sun more and, and sunlight is good for the, 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 the synthesis of it. Any food types in particular? Well, I do know that beetroot, okay. uh, anything with nitrates in it, anything, anything that says nitrate will partially convert to nitric oxide through okay. the nanosynthesis. So I'm not going to give you a list. I'm not going to why, because I can't remember. I think kale. Well, no, I think, I'll, I'll, get I, you, I'll get your list uh, put up onto uh, the Primal Living website. Uh, I, think, um, I think kale is... I'm, I'm I think you're right. It, I might no, I be making right. this up. We'll, we'll double check yeah, later. Uh, it's because, because obviously I'm a theoretician. You know? <laughs> I will die of a heart attack knowing why I died of a heart attack. But not done <laughs> well, the right let's thing. Not help. Let's yeah. not hope so, Mark. So, uh, so where are we? we where your, are we, we is... We need your genius. Is another thing that um, that obviously can damage the glycocalyx yep. is is our raised blood sugar level. Mm -hmm. um, people with diabetes, if the glycocalyx would say normally... Uh, Three feet thick. Yep. Um, then if you if you've got high blood sugar levels, it's yep. now it's now one foot thick. A big difference. It really knocks it down. Wow. And in fact, spikes of blood sugar are really rip it off. So but this is yet again another benefit why reducing your sugar intake, reducing your carbohydrates, yeah. which turns into yeah. sugar, is another reason for, uh, for, for uh, going I'll low. I'll carb. tell you another substance that damages it is insulin as well. Well, then that's all related, isn't it? So yeah. uh, what we're saying there is we, you, you eat anything with sugar in it or carbohydrates that then the body turns into sugar. In the bloodstream, sugar is poison to the body. Glucose is poison. 
high levels. Therefore, yeah. insulin comes and grabs it and gets rid of it and, and turns it into body fat. So you're saying insulin and sugar, which come as part of a parcel, you don't need insulin if you haven't got sugar. Again, yes. here's a reason to go low carb, not yeah. just to cut down obesity, but to cut down your chance of a heart attack. Yes. So I suppose that essentially what you're trying to do is protect your endothelium, because if you, if you strip a bit of endothelium off or damage the glycocalyx, yep. then what's left is underneath is a blood vessel ball, mm -hmm. if you like, and in the blood vessel wall is, is and I'm just drawing out, it says TF, okay? That's not the Financial Times backwards. It's a thing <laughs> called tissue factor. Okay. And tissue factor is the most powerful blood clotting stimulant or procoagulant yep. substance in the body, which makes sense because if your body thinks, well, my artery's been damaged, yep. you want a blood clot to arrive there you at do. high speed. Yep. So once you've got, and the endothelium acts as like anticoagulant, yep. really strong anticoagulant, it's got nitric oxide, it's got actually lots of other things as well that sit in here and, and stop blood clots forming. Okay, that's a quick naive question about that. What happens if you do have, if, if that didn't happen, do you bleed to death if you yes, have a hole? Is that what happens? Yeah. So if, if you have a well, hole people, appear in your yeah. arteries and then the blood pops out, you just bleed to well, death. Well, there wouldn't be a hole in your artery here. I mean, basically, if normally a, a damage to that would have come from an external side. Right. So someone would have stuck a claw in you yeah. or a knife in you. Yeah. Uh, and so that would be going the opposite way around. Okay. But of course, because the, the, the highest, highest level of tissue factor is sitting in the outside wall here. Mm -hmm. well, that makes sense because if that happens and then it penetrates into the artery, and yep. then your body says, I've got a clot, I've yep. got a clot now, yep. I've got a clot right here, yep. and I've got a clot immediately, yep. and, and that otherwise stops you bleeding to death. Because everybody thinks, you, you, your immediate thing, or certainly as a layman, um, which I was for you know, 52 years of my life, uh, you think blood clots are a bad thing, but if they didn't happen, then you'd bleed to death. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, there are conditions, you know, haemophilia. Yeah. Um, there's, other, there's other forms of haemophilia just means hemobloodphilia yeah. bleeding a lot. So haemophilia yeah. just means less chance of blood clotting. So there are a couple of conditions that make your blood clot more than normal. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is called Hughes syndrome. Mm -hmm. It affects about one in a hundred, maybe two in a hundred people. Um, the other name for it is antiphospholipid syndrome. Um, and it's incredibly complicated to explain this. However, basically if you have Hughes syndrome, you're more likely to have blood clots forming Right. That you don't want to form. That you don't want. It doesn't go lead in five factors. There's many different sorts. Many of them are rare as teeth. Hughes, Hughes syndrome is probably the commonest. In Hughes syndrome, people aged 20, 30 get strokes and heart attacks. Vast increase in the risk of cardiovascular disease. Right. So, Because most people that get a heart attack are of an older age. Yeah. Uh, therefore, when it occasionally happens, and it's only occasionally like that, two or three yeah, percent yeah. of people in a younger generation, that's because of this syndrome. Normally. If someone has a heart attack, the other, the other, they're age 24, and everyone says it's the high cholesterol level. As a quick aside here, we did another paper called where people have got high LDL levels, low density lipoprotein levels. There's two different, if you like, genetic types. One lot have got the high LDL level, and they've also got high clotting factors because these two things are related and they are very close to each other on, mm -hmm. the, on, the, on, the, on the genes. Yep. And the people who've got the high cholesterol alone are not at risk, and the people who've got the high cholesterol plus the high clotting factors, they are at risk. Okay. So you can get siblings, one of who's got the LDL high, yep. and the clotting factors high, yep. and the other one's got the clotting factors high, yep. and not the LDL high, yep. both at the same risk. Gotcha. Does gotcha. that make sense? It okay. does. So, 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 so it, when it, people have been looking at LDL and saying that's causing heart disease, no, they've been looking at the wrong thing. Yep. It's the clotting factors. Okay. 
So uh, anyway, sorry, you were going to ask. I was going to say, so yeah, we know smoking's bad. We know air pollution's bad. Yeah. We've just added to that uh, insulin can cause a problem yeah. uh, for the inside of the artery walls. And we've just added, obviously, sugar and carbohydrates. Yeah. Uh, what are other things then can cause you know, the, the serious blood clotting that then causes the problem? Well, there's a whole series of diseases called uh, autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. You'll have heard of them. Yep. Rheumatoid arthritis is the commonest one you'll have heard of. Yep. Uh, there are there are a whole bunch of others called sclerodermas and things. And essentially, in these diseases, I'll step back here. There is a disease called Kawasaki's disease. Mm -hmm. You've probably never heard of it. No, nope. thought it was a motorbike. It is a motorbike. Mm -hmm. um, and a Kawasaki's disease is when you don't like um, when you don't like Yamahas, and, uh, <laughs> which I used to ride. Uh, <laughs> and you like green. Uh, so uh, the Kawasaki's disease is children get it. It's an yep. inflammatory condition. Mm -hmm. Autoimmune condition, it's not known what causes it. It was discovered in, in Japan because there's more children there getting yep. it than anywhere else. Um, one of the things that it is, is, is what they call, um, it causes endothelial damage. Quite severe because it damages the lining of the arteries. Yep. And the small blood vessels. Children who've had Kawasaki, some children, not all, children who've had Kawasaki's disease can die of heart attacks aged four. Oh, dear. Right. Terrible. Now, it's a sudden burn through. It's three or four weeks, and then it's gone. And and most they, they thought, well, it's gone. It was it was it was not a terribly severe condition. The tips of your fingers tend to peel off, and the skin on the tips of your fingers. But it's basically, it causes endothelial damage. And what you get with these children is severe arterial damage occurs in a very short space of time. Mm -hmm. They actually get what you call aneurysms, which is like ballooning, mm -hmm. which is normally a very late stage of atherosclerosis. They get super accelerated atherosclerosis, and these um, these balloons can burst. Mm -hmm. And when they burst, basically, it's like it's the same as having a blockage of blood supply drops and yep. you have a heart attack. So you can see what they call that's called a vasculitis. Vasculitis means inflammation, yeah. appendicitis, yeah. tonsillitis. Yeah. Vasculitis means the vascular system is inflamed. Yeah. And what's happening there is the glycocalyx is virtually stripped off, the endothelium are falling apart, yeah. blood clots are forming. What other conditions are vasculitises? Mm -hmm. Well, the other vasculitis is rheumatoid arthritis, yep. other scleroderma and things like this that you, you won't have heard of that also are vasculitis. But another one's called systemic lupus erythematosus. All right. Big words. Yep. That affects, yep. Yep. tends to affect women more than men. Women, women who have SLE, younger women of SLE have an increased risk of heart disease of, and I'm going to write this figure up. Okay. Five thousand percent increase. Yes, and, and again, what does SLE stand for? Systemic lupus erythematosus. Yeah. Okay. And it causes inflammation of the lining yeah. of the arteries. And is this? And so, so, does, so is it, and what causes SLE in the first place? Is it it's bad luck, or is it's it called autoimmune? We don't know. So it's a breakdown of the immune system again. It's the body starts attacking itself. Yeah. You've heard of rheumatoid arthritis where the body attacks its joints. Yes. But it also attacks the inside yeah. lining of the arteries and the risk of heart disease is hugely increased would, in rheumatoid arthritis to, as well. To avoid uh, SLE, would, would things like looking after your microbiome, looking after your gut? There's quite a lot of work into this. Yeah. If you want to reduce the inflammatory response, I mean, these people are usually given strong anti-inflammatories. Right, okay. And another problem with the anti-inflammatories is the strongest anti-inflammatory are the steroids. Yeah. Ah, ah. Yeah, steroids, ah. steroids damp down the inflammation, but steroids also damp down the healing systems in yeah. the body. 
And if you give people steroids, the latest uh, risk factor calculator in the UK is called Q-Risk-3, which mm -hmm. is what they might use when you go to your GP. Mm -hmm. So you put in all these risk factors. Yeah. Um, and um, what, they, what they now have is steroids are a risk factor for heart disease. Right. So corticosteroids, which come from cortisone, yeah. which is the stuff that's produced in your body. Yeah. Steroid just means the, the ring structure. Corticosteroids, so there's a, there's a confusion here because people with SLE will normally be given steroids. Yeah. People with rheumatoid arthritis will normally be given steroids. Yeah. Is it the vasculitis or the steroids yeah. or both? It's probably both. So let's put these, these things back into plain English again then. Right. So we don't think it's cholesterol that's causing most no, heart disease, it, most heart attacks. Forget, well, forget it, forget it. Let's forget it. Let's talk about the let's real world. Let's talk let's about, talk the, about the real world yes. then. And we know that heart disease is on the decline, but it's still a major concern for most people. Um, so we've talked about some of the things that cause it, like carbs, sugar, yeah. lead poisoning. Uh, we've talked about smoking, of course. We've talked in great deal about the, the arteries and how it's made up of yeah. the artery walls and so on and so forth. Um, nitric oxide, we want to get as much of it as we can. Yeah. Sunlight's good. Uh, certain food types, we believe, uh, yeah. is good. What are the main things that people of all ages can do to, to reduce their likelihood of having a heart attack, other than things that we just mentioned. All right. Well, I mean, we so I know you can say stress, 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 well, stress, well, stress. We haven't mentioned exercise. Okay. Exercise is um, it raises nitric oxide. It's okay. been proven to do that. That's right. the reason why exercise is good for the heart. Then is it, or one uh, of the reasons? One of the reasons. I yeah. think. I mean, a lot of these things are interconnected with each other. So, mm -hmm. I mean, exercise is very good. Yes. You talk about stress. What also damages the lining of the arteries? Uh, stress hormones. Okay. Cortisone. Cortisol. If you're stressed, your body's producing too much cortisone. Okay. And it's up all the time. Yeah. That also tends to raise your blood sugar levels and all these things happen at the same time. So um, is that the link then between, because I hear that and read that all the yeah. time, that stress can cause heart attacks, which yes. is one of the biggest contributors. Yes, yes, yes. Overstressed people have heart yeah. attacks. It's because the hormone cortisol affects the lining. Yes. Uh, not just because there are other hormones, but mm -hmm. that is also happening under stress. Um, all arteries are also innervated by nerves. And if you're stressed, they activate and your blood vessels narrow and your blood pressure goes up. Mm -hmm. So another thing that can damage all of this is you're going to ask yourself the question, how come none of these things, all these plaques, narrowings, blockages, they only happen in arteries. Mm -hmm. They don't happen in veins. Right. What's the difference? There is no difference. Structurally, a wall and a vein is thinner. Yeah. Structurally, they're exactly the same. Yeah. So what's the difference? The difference is the blood pressure in veins is about six millimetres millimeters of mm -hmm. mercury yep. on average, and in an artery, it's around about 100. This is 30 times as high. So that the veins and arteries are made up of pretty much the same material and structure and everything, but, but the main yeah. difference is the pressure. the pressure. So they're having to undergo far less mechanical strength. Yep. You can see, why do, we, why do we get these plaques and thickenings happening in the places they happen? Yep. They are in places of maximum what we call biomechanical stress. Okay. In your heart, your heart's pumping like mad. The artery's yeah. stuck to the side of it. Yeah. They're actually clamping shut during when your heart's contracting. Yeah. So they're under terrific biomechanical stress. Yeah. The arteries in your neck, the big artery out of your heart comes straight up to your neck. Yeah. What they call bifurcate splits into yeah. a huge amount of turbulent flow going up to your neck. Yeah. You don't get. Um, you know, this is where you get these blockages. Right. This is where you get these things happen. Where there's pressure. So almost it doesn't matter what else you do. If your blood pressure is really low, yeah. so you take a vein, you can do this. It's been done. It's not yep. an experiment. You can take a vein out of the body yep. and you can put it into a place where it does the job of being an artery. Yeah. 
And you do that, it's called the coronary artery bypass graft. Right, okay, yeah. They last about six to seven years before they are completely blocked with atherosclerosis. Well, all right? Yeah. So what's changed? Yeah, why, why didn't it? didn't have, have any atherosclerosis. None before. And now it's atherosclerotic. So when it was acting as a vein yes. under low pressure, no, no problem. Put that same vein, make it behave or as act an as artery, an artery where problem. there's no pressure and we've got a problem. Well, this yes. is an issue that I've never been able to understand with the cholesterol hypothesis. Why nothing in veins? The level's the same. Mm -hmm. they've, all, they've both got vasa visorum, by the way. Mm -hmm. So what's different? Well, the only difference that you can think of the other thing is, if you get pulmonary hypertension, which is the name for high blood pressure in the arteries and veins in your lungs, you can get atherosclerosis in your lungs. Right. And there is a condition where you get uh, an artery that pops out the wrong place and goes up into your lungs. Mm -hmm. It's directly from the left side of your heart, so the right side of your heart, mm -hmm. and that will be atherosclerotic. Right, okay. It's just the blood pressure. So, it's a, yeah. so all of these other things, yes. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have enough blood pressure yeah. to put real stress on this system, mm -hmm. it will remain healthy, it'll keep maintaining itself. Yeah. Well, imagine if you put a, a pebble at the side of, a, of, of the river ooze. In the yeah. It's not going to move, is it? No. You stick it on, 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 on you know, the side of the Angel Falls or something in Argentina. Well, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be washed. The pressures and stresses are just hugely different. Got right? it. Got it. So we've talked of reducing stress levels, yeah. very important. Anything you can do to increase nitric oxide in the, in the body, yeah. sunlight being a great, great uh, yeah. reason, uh, a great way of increasing nitric yeah. oxide production synthesis. Uh, we've talked about obviously not smoking. Um, I think everybody knows that one yeah. now. Uh, lead in the air, uh, pollution, diabetes, stress, diabetes sugar. because of insulin, yeah. sugar, all those things. Any other things? I mean, I really yeah. want to focus the last sort of ten minutes on yeah. what else to do well, to I, prevent a heart attack. I'd like to give you one example okay. of why this hypothesis, I believe, is is you can't be you can't explain it another way. You've heard of sickle cell disease. Mm -hmm. um, the cells in the body are. Um, Sickled, which means they look like little crescents. Like a half moon. Like a half moon. Yeah. A gibbous moon. No, not a gibbous moon, a um, crescent moon. <laughs> so you've got these things traveling around in the bloodstream. Yep. Now imagine, and they are very sharp and pointy at the end. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and as they travel around the body, the likelihood is that they are causing damage to the blood vessels. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, if you want to talk about risk, the risk of having a stroke or cardiovascular disease when you're young person with sickle cell diseases mm -hmm. is move that or move that along one because it's fifty thousand percent wow okay i was looking at a case history of a young lad aged um aged uh nine i think he was who was admitted with gangrene in his foot and he had gangrene in his foot because the blood supply to his foot was severely uh, compromised because mm -hmm. he had severe atherosclerosis in okay. his leg in his arteries in his leg a stage that happens later on to get calcification sometimes the artery actually ends up becoming bone you know, almost hardened mm -hmm. and that's a very late stage this this boy had calcified arteries in every part of his body aged eight his brother had already wow, died aged five scary. of a stroke and and he had no other risk factors for heart disease huh. except for the fact that biomechanical damage of sharp spiky blood cells going through his blood was stripping off all of this. And it, uh, genetic or? Well, it's genetic, well, the disease is genetic. It's, yeah. it's actually not a disease. It's a disease of more in the Middle East. It's protection against malaria. Right. People with mild sickle cell disease are less yeah. likely to get malaria. Yeah. People with severe homozygous sickle cell are likely to die very young. So I'd just like to say on that point is just 
a further emphasis of why this. So, so essentially what's happening is, yes, you're getting a blood clot forms underneath here. It's gradually transformed. If it's not cleared up fully, it's gradually transformed into a plaque, which gets bigger and bigger. Yep. And the final event is, is a blood, this, if you like, bursts, or the, mm -hmm. the plaque, the, the endothelium thins over the top of it. It exposes it to the bloodstream, and then you get a big blood clot that blocks the entire artery. So is that an explosion from within the artery wall? Well, they call it plaque rupture, right? Okay. which is probably what is happening. So, so the plaque ruptures, yeah. and then if it's already narrowed, the blood clot that forms blocks the entire artery. Yeah. That's when you get a heart attack. Okay. And that's what's going on. Now, I agree with So, So everyone agrees that blood clots are the final stage, reducing blood clotting. Is beneficial but you start to speak to people and say well you know actually even at the very early stages it's blood clotting okay. happening they look at you as though you are mad but the evidence for all of these stages is yeah. there been proven if you like sorry i interrupted you no no, no 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 it's fine so so the picture's building up quite nicely in, in my mind and hopefully for, for the listeners and the, and the viewers as well in that it is all about management of your artery Health, health yes, and yes. your artery walls, yeah. and it's everything you can do to make sure the inside of your arteries stays in, in good tact. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and for those that are watching uh, on, on the webcast, you've, you've seen this brilliant drawing that Malcolm's put up. Yeah, and for those listening, drawing you just anyway. see the, <laughs> the artery wall is like the tire on a car, and then the bit that's really important, that inner rim and maintenance of that inner rim, like the, the, the inner rim of your wheel, uh, is by and large to do with nitric oxide and some several other things and therefore we need to maintain nitric oxide in the body uh, forget cholesterol right now just forget it nitric oxide is really really important you get that from being out in the sun by eating a diet that, that is rich in anything that helps synthesize nitric oxide and then also in the diet on the opposite side that damages the wall is high sugar high carbohydrates pollution in the air, um, stress levels because the hormones that are, that are released when we're stressed. So we've kind of covered in, in, in one sense all the things that are causing it. Give us some things then to reduce our risk. I suppose it's the, the flip side well, of all it, the things it, it, we've just well, said. Well, many of these things are, are things that everyone sort of agrees. Yep. Don't smoke. Yep. Reduce air pollution. Yeah. Um, um, Keep your blood pressure down, and in fact, nitric oxide from sunshine does that as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely get out in the sun, and you know, yes, don't burn usual thing. But actually, the benefits of sun far outweigh any potential harms, just, just to a bazillion degrees. Can I just say why this is yeah. fascinating for me, Malcolm? Is that I've lectured and lectured for the last three years about the benefits of getting the right amount of sunshine. Um, of course, we don't get burnt because that is dangerous. But there is statistics, uh, certainly in America, that the number of people that die of cancer. From sun from being deprived yeah, of yeah, being yeah, the sun, yeah, yes. even of cancer, is far higher than those that die of too oh, much yeah, sun. From, well, and, I mean, and yet yeah, I've not yeah, once yeah. ever said that it's beneficial for the heart. So this is this is music to well, my it, ears. It's, this is probably where it's most beneficial. I believe. Yeah. Because um, people say the Mediterranean diet is one of the reasons why people yeah. uh, have less heart attacks in the Mediterranean. But maybe that's just part of the picture. Their well, diet. Yeah, well, they're uh, in the yeah, sun. Yeah. Well, they're in the sun, and they 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 have nice slow. Eating meals, you have a, a meal on the run. Well, your body's producing stress hormones that are antagonistic to insulin. Your blood sugar spikes. Blah blah blah. You spend two hours sitting down, yep. having a nice relaxed time with your family and a bit of a laugh. There was a study in Japan that showed that people who laugh during a lecture mm -hmm. 
or the comedian gave them a, a talk while yeah. they were eating, and then a boring lecturer gave them a talk during the meeting. Yeah. And the level of blood sugar was 50% lower when they were having a laugh. Right. Okay. Right. So that's so, relaxing, eating food enjoying, with your family, yeah, having a nice meal. Yeah. Well, they got it all wrong in America. Remember that news headline in the New York Times or wherever it was said the French live longer because they drink red wine and they got it completely wrong. Yeah. It was nothing to do with the red no, wine. They, they drink wine because they love because, <laughs> that's they, right, the other because they have a, because the wine comes with a meal. Yeah, and they take their and time. And they take their time yeah. and they enjoy yeah. it and they yeah. don't. And yeah. it's all a very important thing. No, I think, yeah. I mean, I did start by many years ago, I thought, what causes heart disease? I thought, it's because people are under stress when they eat. And in the in that period, what happens is the blood sugar goes up, the insulin goes up, and you've got a kind of mayhem of metabolic damage going on. Yep. Now, I still believe that's important, mm -hmm. but I kind of, as you can see, I've slightly moved on moved a little bit from that. But it still connects <laughs> yeah. together. It's still, because I thought stress was the most important. I still think stress is, because stress, if you've got high levels of stress hormones, they antagonize insulin. Yeah. If they antagonize insulin, what happens is your blood sugar goes up. Yeah. You also direct energy supplies to your central obesity yeah. rather than subcutaneous fat, blah, 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 a million things. Yeah. You end up with the metabolic syndrome and you end up with heart disease. So I still strongly, um, you know, uh, relax, enjoy yourself, have a laugh, meditation, yeah. mindfulness. All of those things are really, really important. I did got it. I, I don't think, I, I wouldn't want to suggest that I'm not saying these things. These, for most people... You know, if you look at Russia, after the after the breakup of the Soviet Union, the Eastern European countries that were in the Soviet, their rates of heart disease went through the roof. Yeah, they didn't change their diet, they didn't no. change anything else, they just were stressed to have. And, uh, you know, if you look, Lithuania was my my favourite example of a country in, 19, the, the heart disease rate was gradually falling. Yeah. 1989, doubles over yeah. the next three to four years. Next few years, drops back down again. What happened, it, enormous yeah. psychosocial stresses and anxiety and worries yeah. about money and just these people were were crushed. And there was a study done at the time actually looking at, at Sweden and Lithuania yeah. where they found that basically the differences that they found were were really psychosocial, lack yes. of social support, yeah. breakdown of family life, high levels of stress, yeah. increased insulin and blood sugar levels. It was like yeah. as plain as plain could be. Yeah. Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, I'm oh, going to have to stop you there because we've almost been going in and out. So can we just finish on, let's have five top tips from the gentleman that I believe the number one heart expert in the UK. And I know a lot of great heart experts. I've got to be careful. I'll say one of actually because yeah. uh, Asim I'm going to talk to in a couple of weeks' time, uh, Dr. Asim. Um, but uh, let's have then the five top tips for avoiding... CVD, heart attack, strokes, they're all the one and the same things. Give, give me your five top tips in, 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 in less than one or two minutes. Well, I think, um, I think number one has to be um, probably um, reducing stress, Reduce in my stress. opinion. Yep. Um, I'm with you, 100%. Um, that's the case. I mean, people have certain things. If you've got type 2 diabetes and your sugar's up, get yep. that down. So yep. you want to be going on to a high-fat, low-carbohydrate yep. diet. Well, I'm, going to take that as I'm going to take that as number two. Take that if as you don't mind. No, no, that's fine. Uh, I mean, uh, the other one, obviously, low carbs. Yeah. smoking and exercise, these are standard things. I still believe they're very important. Yep. They are really critically important. Yep. Um, to, well, let's leave, let's leave those two acts. I think everybody knows that. You know, I think everybody yeah. knows you've got to stop smoking. You know, and yeah. like, thank goodness we are, as a nation, smoking a lot less than we used to. Uh, and everybody knows, I think, that exercise is good for you. You're going to put those on one side. Next one, um, sunshine. So, sun, so, so one, try and avoid stress. I think you can to be less stressed. 
to low carb, high fat, the drum we keep yeah. beating on, more sunshine. Yeah. And I think avoiding um, foods that have got all sorts of rubbish in them. So I'd move away from processed foods to normal, yes. natural. So avoid eat a fish that looks like a fish. <laughs> No, it looks like a fish finger. So, so <laughs> Don't eat pot noodles. Oh, no, pot noodles. I, no, no, you can say that because I had to go with my daughter the other day on an aeroplane. She went for it. I went, after all the things I've been lecturing you about all holiday, you have a pot noodle on the way home. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, avoid fake foods. Get back to real foods. Same yeah. drum that we keep beating. And then I guess the, there must be a host, oh, I don't put words well, in that, but a whole host of supplements that we well, know are supplements. Good for us. I think some people require them more than, than others, if you like, because um, because people are lacking or, or not lacking other things. Yeah. So I think that I would, um, in a way, what I'd look at is your blood pressure and take various things and take a note of your blood pressure. And mm -hmm. if it falls, you're taking the right things. Yeah. Good and point. if it doesn't fall, you're not taking the right things. So yeah. change those things and take other things. Yeah. So I think if you see if your blood pressure is a 140 or systolic, yeah. if you knock it down to 130, whatever you're doing, keep taking those things. Yes. Because it is very different for people, from people very different for people. Well, so it's a bit difficult to say one size fits all. Yep. But look at your blood pressure yep. and see what happens to that. And that's a good sign. That would maybe be my top five tips. If you ask me tomorrow, I might have a slightly different... No, that wouldn't be much different. But I might I might think <laughs> yeah. of something else that I've forgotten yeah, about. Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely, absolutely fine. Okay. And, you know, uh, this is your second visit to our studios and, and second time uh, with a podcast. And I'm sure there's going to be many, many more. And keep your questions coming in by email uh, to us at Primal Living. Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, as always, totally insightful. Damn. And thank you for clearing up a lot of myths. And, and if you were listening to it on the podcast, can I also say, because sometimes it takes the second or third time to listen to something for it to really, really sink in, can I suggest that you also have a look at our, our, our sort of webcam version of it and you'll see uh, Dr. Malcolm's uh, Kendrick's uh, diagram. And he's just written the word Da Vinci in the, in, in the corner because his drawing is so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much indeed. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, then why not subscribe to the full series so you can hear from all the incredible health professionals we spoke to. Before you go, though, visit Amazon today and pick up your copy of Fats and Furious by Steve Bennett. And as a thank you for being a subscriber, we'll even give you a third off. Simply use the discount code FFPODCAST and you'll get the full story featuring all 23 medical professionals.